Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 13 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside of today's video, we're going to be going in depth through every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way until Monday night football and I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the tight ends in all of those games. It is important to note that there are six teams on by this week, so the pickings at tight ends aren't necessarily the best before we got into things if you guys do end up enjoying today's video and you are new to the channel make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure you leave a like on today's video very nice i like it would help me out a ton if you are to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy and if you'd like access to my weekly rankings you can check out the patreon on there i also give an answer to any of the questions you guys may have for seven dollars and fifty cents a month so without further I do. Let's get into my week 13 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday night football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. And in terms of the tight end position, this game is incredibly obvious. When it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, Noah Fant, I say this every single week. So here's the Spark Notes version of what I normally say. The Seahawks use too many tight ends for Fant to be successful. You match that with the fact that Geno Smith looks like a two-pack of ass as of recently. Then you should realize that Fant should be nowhere near your starting lineup. When it comes to Jake Ferguson, he has had two down games in a row, and that definitely sucks because they weren't even, like, slightly bad games where you get, like, 10 points. They were worse than that, but... It's okay, you know? Despite the Cowboys putting teams in the walls of Jericho over the last two weeks, he wasn't successful. We talk all the time about how volatile the tight end position is in fantasy football outside of a couple tight ends like Travis Kelsey. At the end of the day, I am going to keep starting the tight end that is the starter on his team that gets a solid amount of volume on one of the best teams with one of the best offenses in the NFL. I'm not going to get cute. I'm not going to overthink things. I am starting Jake Ferguson, Fergalicious, with confidence and sitting down Noah Fant next we move to the Sunday slate with the Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Now, Chig Akankuwu had his best game of the season last week with four receptions on five targets for 45 yards up against the Carolina Panthers. Sadly for Chig, while I do love what he did last season, I do think he definitely is a talented tight end. Levis is just not good enough at the current moment. Now, I don't think that means that Levis is just finished, like he's going to be some terrible pick that the Titans made. But as of right now, he is just not good enough for me to be confident in Chig Akankuwu. So in my opinion, you got to sit him down despite his solid game last week up against a garbage Panthers defense. Kylan Granson started off this season on fire, right? He was playing very well out the gate. And despite the fact that a majority of fantasy players probably had no idea who he even was, things were looking good. But after those first two games, he hasn't really shown any flashes of that old version of himself. Just two or less targets in three straight weeks. Even against a terrible Titans defense, I don't want to take that risk. So he's going to be chilling on the bench or most scenarios on the waiver wire. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the New England Deflatriates. Gerald Everett was the tight end six last week up against the Baltimore Ravens in prime time, going four for four like he was at Wendy's for 43 yards and a touchdown. Everett is one of, if not the most, 
touchdown-dependent tight end in fantasy football. He's never going to be a guy, even on his great games, he's never going to pull a rabbit out of his ass, right? Or a rabbit out of the hat, not out of the ass. That would be some freaky shit there, but you never know what you guys are into. So, you know, don't want to get be mean here in case someone likes a nice rabbit in the ass, but... Man, oh man, he is incredibly touchdown dependent because even in those big games, you know, pulling the rabbit out the hat, he's not going to get eight targets. He might get five targets, five receptions, 60 yards and two touchdowns, but he's not going to get eight targets. Now, I do think he could easily score up against the Patriots this week, which is why I am fine starting him. But this has to be in, like, dire situations, right? He is definitely closer to the fringe start range than a top 10 or top 12 tight end. Now, Hunter Henry is in a revenge game up against the LA Chargers. And this is a matchup that might get your mouth drooling a little bit, right? This is a very exciting game against the Chargers. Because the Chargers defense in a majority of games aside from last week just hasn't been good at all. The problem is... Hunter Henry had a grand total of zero touches last week in MetLife up against Tommy DeVito and the New York Jumbo, not the New York Jumbo Jets, the New York Football Giants. With the quarterback situation in New England being just so dire, it is so bad, we don't know if it's going to be Zappy or Mac Jones, and honestly, it doesn't matter, they both fucking suck. So I would stay clear away from this Patriots team for anyone that is not named Ramondre Stevenson or Demario Douglas. Next up, we got the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Now, Laporta let his nuts hang last week in a losing effort by the Lions on Thanksgiving against the Packers with five receptions on eight targets for 47 yards. Now, Sam Laporta has been one of the greatest tight end calls for me in fantasy football this season. I was a Sam Laporta guy ever since he got drafted in Detroit. I was banging the drum, giving him the golf. Gawk Gawk 9000 special, and look how smart I am because it worked out currently the tight end three on the year. And knowing that the Saints defense tends to not be able to stop the tight end position, I fully expect Sam Laporta to go hog wild this week. Let his nuts hang yet again as a top five tight end. For the Saints, we are actually going to be starting two tight ends on the same team, which is very out of the ordinary unless it's a vintage Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez situation. So Taysom Hill, to me, is not just a start. He is a must start. This team is severely beaten and battered at the wide receiver position. Olave could play. He might not play. Shahid seems like he's not going to play. Michael Thomas is on the IR, which would leave like Keith Kirkwood and A.T. Perry as the number one and number two receivers on the team, which means that the usage of Taysom Hill is going to go up, 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 and up in this game. We all know damn well that Taysom Hill is not safe at all. It's not as safe ever, really. Like, Taysom Hill has never been a safe option. I know at one point in the season, he ripped off a bunch of great games in a row, but even during that stretch of games, things didn't feel incredibly safe when you play him. But when push comes to shove, I am going to take my chance on Taysom Hill this week, knowing that the Saints are just deprived of playmakers in this matchup. And even if Olave plays, there are a lot of other injuries to the wide receiver position. Jawan Johnson, just like I said with Hill, the Saints are going to be without a shit ton of wide receivers, so Jawan will have to step up and see more targets. Last week in Atlanta, he had four receptions on seven targets for 45 yards. Now, 
Now, I am far from infatuated with Jawan Johnson's skill set. Like, I don't think he's the most talented tight end out there. But up against the Lions defense, that is no bueno. He could easily finish in the top 12 at the tight end position. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jumbo Jets. So this is a game that, to me, feels very, very, very gross. Desmond Ritter versus Tim Boyle. Now, I know that we are going to end up seeing Aaron Rodgers potentially return this season. They activated his 21-day window, and I know that Zach Wilson might be a mental midget or something, but they should start either Trevor Simeon or Zach Wilson in this game. Tim Boyle fucking sucks. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. The guy is trash. So I have no idea why he gets to be the starting quarterback again. With that said, even with Tim Boyle under center, I'm willing to label Conklin as a start, but that is only because there are six teams on by. If, you know, just three teams or four teams or two teams are on by, right? I don't think three teams could be on by once, but you get what I mean, right? Two or four teams, then hey, maybe Conklin rides the pine. But since there are so many teams on by, he gets that nudge to be start worthy. Conklin had five targets for four receptions and 33 yards last week against the Dolphins. I don't trust him one bit, especially since Tim Boyle looks like Ray Charles out there trying to throw the football. But hey, at least he should get like four targets. And it's not like the Falcons defense is amazing, so... I'm giving Conklin a chance, but again, I'm not excited about it at all. For the Falcons, Janu Smith has now been banished into being a sit. It seems like his insanity run is over. Two straight weeks with one or fewer receptions, and the targets have dropped like it's hot compared to earlier on in the season. Even when the matchup feels fine, because the Jets' defense, you know, they're great, but they're not the best against the tight end. With the team being more committed to running the rock with Bajan Robinson, kind of just leaves Janu Smith on the outside looking in. Kyle Pitts last week against the Saints, he goes two for two for 22 yards. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. It feels like we are due for one of those random ass games where Kyle Pitts gets like eight, nine, seven targets, five catches, 80 yards, and maybe even a touchdown. The Jets' defense isn't amazing against the tight end, so I will continue to just duck and cover, blindly fire my fucking metaphorical gun on Pitts as a start, knowing damn well that he could just bend me over a table pause this week and just be absolutely atrocious. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Trey McBride... I have not seen any news on Zach Ertz returning for this week, so I'm just going to assume that he misses. Now, the famous saying is an assumption makes an ass out of you and me. So again, I'm not going to say 99.999% chance, like it's a 100% mortal lock of the century that Ertz doesn't play, but I haven't seen Ugats about it. I haven't seen anything about it. With Kyler back, McBride has ripped off three straight top 12 performances. Now, Pitt is definitely tough against the tight end position, but I still think that McBride will get fed enough to be just okay. I don't know if I will have him ranked inside the top five, but I could easily see McBride based upon his resume over the last couple of weeks. It would tell us that, hey, he should be at least a for sure top eight tight end in fantasy football. For me, until Zach Ertz returns, and even when Zach Ertz returns, I think McBride's going to be fine. But as of right now, McBride is stuck in the must-start 
category. He has looked too good. He's looked mighty fine for me to sit him. He's just looked too good. Or not just to sit him, I guess. To put him as like a regular start. He is a must start for me. Now, Pat Fryermuth hit the Bengals with a fucking knuckle sandwich last week in Cincinnati with nine receptions on 11 targets for 120 yards as the tight end numero uno, the head of the table, head honcho, Roman Reigns. Without Matt Canada, Fryermuth became a huge part of the game plan. Prior to last week, his highest amount of targets this season was four. Four targets. And he almost tripled it with 11 targets this week. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh my God, Pat Fryermuth is guaranteed to get 11 targets, 10 plus targets. Of course not. Of course not. And I'm not too sure how reliable that target share is going to be going forward. But what I do know is that you would be a real dumbass to not take the shot on him again up against a defense as bad as the Arizona Cardinals. Next up, we move to the Miami Dolphins at the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, please make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below like it owes you somebody if you're new and whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you guys leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So Dolphins at Commanders. Hopefully for this game, the Dolphins, after they beat the ass of the Commanders, they're able to take a warm shower. Because apparently the showers were cold in Washington a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that story. Durham Smythe is, for the Dolphins, a three-target at-max guy who gets very few looks in the red zone. Even in an offense that is chef's kiss, Manuel Fuig, so beautiful every single week like the Dolphins. Smythe is just a clear sit. Logan Thomas is, if you pull up the Webster Dictionary and look up serviceable tight end, his fucking face will show up this season. He only has one game outside, or inside, I should say, the top eight, so tight end one through eight, but a majority of his games are in that sweet spot, tight end 10 through 14. Again, he's never a guy that you're like, thank God I started Logan Thomas, he's why I won my week, but you're never like, fuck, I started Logan Thomas and that's why I lost. He is a player for me that is far from must start, but a majority of fantasy squads need a guy like Logan Thomas in their lineup. Outside of against Kelsey, the where the game plan was just to bracket Kelsey, the Dolphins defense hasn't been the best against the tight end, so I expect a typical top 10 to 14 game out of Logan Thomas. Again, not going to promise anything special, but he should be fine. So Durham Smythe a sit, Logan Thomas a start. Next up, we move to the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Now, Adam Troutman did find the end zone with his lone target last week for eight yards against the Browns. Russ just doesn't really throw the ball to the tight end position all that much. Like, you'd have to go all the way back to Seattle with Jimmy Graham for when he was really targeting a tight end. So unless you're a fucking Hall of Famer, he just ain't throwing it to you. So the fish man, Adam Troutman, should be on the waivers on your league. He is a clear sit. Now, Dalton Schultz had a down astronomical game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars with how well this game went with so many points being scored. If you didn't watch the game, you just saw, oh, the score was that high. You probably would have thought that, oh, Dalton Schultz probably had a decent game at the very least, which... 
just wasn't the case. But prior to last week, he was a top eight tight end in three straight games. So I won't let my vision get clouded too much on Dalton Schultz. He's a must start tight end, in my opinion, on an offense where CJ Stroud has been cooking up a five-star Michelin meal called a man, Gordon Ramsey. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Tommy Tremble with Hayden Hurst still not practicing today on Wednesday with the concussion he suffered a few weeks ago. Tommy, make that ass tremble, would get the nod to be the starting tight end on the team assuming that he's healthy because he also mispracticed today with a groin injury. Too much fucking for Tommy Tremble, regardless of whichever poor bastard has to be the starting tight end this week for the Panthers. You aren't starting any of them in a Bryce Young-led offense. Cade Otten is the type of tight end that won't ever really have that big game. He's like Logan Thomas, except for just nowhere near as, as consistent. But also, Kadon typically never really shits the bed and stinks things up where you can smell it through the screen, right? A real stinky performance. So you're fine with Otten, right? Back-to-back weeks inside the top 15, and I think he does it again up against a sleeping Carolina Panthers defense. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Rams. Now, from what I read today, if Dorian Thompson-Robinson, if DTR is out, then P.J. Walker actually will not be the starter, and it's going to be Cool Joe Flacco. I'm sure Stavi's going to be pissed about that. I guess... Walker plowed Kevin Stefanski's wife or something because there is no reason at all that the elite man Joe Flacco should be starting over Walker. Anyone with eyes who watched last season knows that Ninjoku, or knows, not knows that Ninjoku, knows that Mr. Flacco just wasn't very good at all. He looked like Peyton Manning after he got that neck surgery towards the end of the season when it was getting like really cold out and my dad had neck surgery so I know what this is like when it gets cold you get all fucking tense you look like a fucking robot out there and that's what cool Joe Flacco looked like now with all that said Ninjoku was the tight end eight last week marking three straight games inside of the top eight in PPR for Ninjoku. I am worried this week, though, despite the matchup being a wet dream against the Rams for Mr. Ninjoku, that Joe Flacco might not lock onto Ninjoku like the other quarterbacks have. Tyler Higby had his best game of the year last week in Arizona. Now, I, for one cut bait on Higby a while ago after he bent me over a table without the use of lube a bunch of weeks in a row I said I can't take this anymore I'm done with Tyler Higby but of course against the Cardinals right he gets his thing wet five receptions on five targets for 29 yards and not one but two tugs in that game basically a tale of one half in the first half he went ballistic and then the second half he was silent like the night where Santa Claus comes which are his only two touchdowns on the season I don't trust Higby worth jack shit, but the Browns defense, while elite, elite, isn't elite against the tight end. So if Cup and Nakua are on the struggle bus, we could see Higby play okay. Again, with all that said, Higby is a fringe start at best. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we break down this game at the tight end position, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel, they please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button, whether you are new to the channel or not. And I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog 
Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today. But first, I want to explain to you guys how Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em game works. Now, we're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. And as of right now, as I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, Underdog hasn't put out all of their picks yet. So as the week goes on and we get closer to Thursday, there will be a lot more choices for you guys. But you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. Sort of pick one player from the Seahawks and one from the Cowboys. Want to go ahead and go with Jason Myers. Higher than one and a half field goals made. I think the Seahawks offense is going to struggle to move the ball, but I think they'll be able to get into field goal range a bunch, but maybe just not able to find pay dirt and score that touchdown. And then for the Cowboys, we are going to go ahead and go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown. It really feels like Tony Pollard's season is back on the train track. So we're going to go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing touchdown. Now, both of those hit. We'll get three times our entry fee. If we do three picks, it's six times. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks is 20 times our entry fee. Again, they all have to hit in order for you to get paid out. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now, you receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 if you're new on there and use promo code Notorious. So if you deposit 100, you'll get additional 100. If you do 50, it's additional 50, 25, additional 20, the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER Back on into things here, 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles easily the game of the week now Goddard has been out since the bye week missing now two straight games I don't think he'll be back this week I haven't read anything that tells me that he'll be back this week so I'm just running under the assumption that he doesn't play that's the case, then Stoll will be the tight end one. Stoll has gotten two targets in each of his starts, and even with this offense being as explosive and as great as they have been, Stoll is just a clear sit. George Kittle Me Timbers is one of the more boomer bust tight ends in fantasy, who, at least as of recently, has been a lot more consistent. Last week against the Seattle Seahawks was a huge bust game, like, you know, you just haven't exploded in a couple of days, you know what I'm saying? And it just fucking comes flying out. If you know, you know, fellas. Uh, last week, it was three receptions on five targets for 19 yards in Seattle. I wouldn't panic, though, with Kittle as the Eagles defense isn't that great against the tight end. And Kittle, any given week, has that game-breaking upside like he's playing NFL Street. If anyone played that game, that game was so fire back in the day. I don't know why they don't make those anymore. This week, it really wouldn't be surprising at all if he just blew up and had a 25 plus point performance so you got to start Kittle every single week even during the woes of the season next up we move to because you waited all day for Sunday night the Kansas City Chiefs at Jordan love me tend to love me sweet and the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Tucker Kraft mac and cheese is a fringe start this week for me now on Thanksgiving he had a nice feast. Now, it wasn't a huge feast. It wasn't a fucking cornucopia where he has, like, the turkey, fucking a ham, uh, lasagna, if you're Italian, you know, there's a, might be a lasagna on the table. Some, you know, everything. You know, every single thing. Mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, fucking souffle. I don't know what else people eat on Thanksgiving. Green beans, all that shit, right? He didn't have, like, a full meal you know he had like some turkey for one you know in Detroit he had two receptions on two targets for 15 yards and a score which is great for Tucker Craft 
We all know that random-ass tight ends love scoring in primetime games. And that's exactly what this is. All you need for Kraft to be fine in fantasy is for him to score. Now, I fully acknowledge that if he doesn't score, he's going to suck. If he doesn't score, it's going to be a disaster. But with all of the teams on by this week, I have to list him as a start. Travis Kelsey is the biggest no-brainer start at tight end ever. This man is the tight end two on the season, and despite the fact that there's rumors of him wanting to potentially retire soon, and that he, you know, is getting older, this, that, the other thing, he is still playing like his old self. Last week in Viva Las Vegas, he had six receptions on seven targets for 91 yards against the Packers defense. I fully expect him to go to pound town here. I fully expect a masterclass performance by Travis Kelsey. Next up here, final game, we got Monday night. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. An absolutely shit-tier matchup for a Monday night game. Obviously, if Joe, Bur Joe Burrow was able to play, it would be great. Like Tony the Tiger says, but, you know, Jake Browning versus Trevor Lawrence isn't the most electrifying matchup. For Tanner Hudson, he actually has looked fine as the tight end one in the Bengals, but I just don't want to play the tight end one in a Jake Browning offense, so I'm sitting him down. Evan Ingram has been one of the most consistent tight ends in fantasy football this season, despite the fact that he hasn't scored a single fucking touchdown this year. His volume weekly is solid enough to put him inside of the top 10 a majority of the weeks. Facing a Bengals defense that is just pretty meh against the tight end, I expect yet another top 10 performance for Evan Ingram, who was the tight end 10 last week with five receptions on eight targets for 49 yards in Houston. Plus, you might say that he's due to score a touchdown. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below like it owes you money. Make sure you leave a like on today's video. It helped me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. I love all you guys so much. I hope you have a great day. And as always, good boy.